to snack or not to snack? That's going to be our question for today's episode. And let's face it, sure, snacking can be healthy. And frankly, I love to snack. I snack every single day. But with all these quick and easy options out there, sometimes it's an opportunity to overeat. So today we're going to be talking with a nutrition expert who focuses on snacking. And she's going to share with us some information about who should snack, when should we snack, how should we snack, what should we snack on, and how to prevent that small little treat from becoming, well, an overeating episode. So today we have with us Jill Castle. She is a childhood nutrition expert and she's an adult. So we're gonna be talking not about kids, although it might apply to your kids or grandkids. We're gonna be talking about you, those of you who are listening on the call, because I was glancing through her book, The Smart Mom's Guide to Healthy Snacking, and so much of her advice had to do with us adults as well. So she's the founder of The Nourished Child. So please welcome Jill Castle. Do you wish you had more energy so you could feel better, stay focused at work, and have more fun at home? Well, there's nothing stopping you. Professional athletes have used the science of peak performance for decades to help them to perform better. And you can too. The research supports that all it takes is just small shifts in the way you eat, sleep, move, and think. So listen in as me and my guests talk about how to energize your life so you can be happier, healthier, and more productive. So welcome, Jill. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. It's awesome to be here. Who do you think should be snacking? I mentioned earlier that I snack mm -hmm. and I snack just because I like to snack. Right. And I think athletes also, maybe they're burning so many calories, it's hard to get enough. And I mean, when people ask you, should I snack or shouldn't I snack? What do you say? Well, I kind of would like to know where they're coming from. You know, as a childhood nutrition expert, I think kids should snack. There's a lot of nutrient demands for growth and development, and it can be hard for them to meet everything in a meal. If you are a parent and you have children who can be picky, you know that the concern about getting all the nutrients in is a real one. However, you know, I snack myself. I have about one snack a day and it's usually around three or four o'clock in the afternoon because that stretch from breakfast to dinner time is a little bit longer. And I find that if individuals are having trouble making it beyond that five to six hour period of time, uh, a snack is actually a really good idea because it can curb your appetite. Remember, and you know this, Dr. Joe, when you go long periods of time without eating, what happens on the, uh, on the backside of that? Our appetite oh, yeah. can be ravenous. I and know we're just, it happens to me all the time. Yes. Yeah. So, so snacking can be a really strategic way to manage your appetite and your overall nutrition. I, I love that word strategic. In other words, we don't have to snack. Many of us don't have to snack, but it could be part of your strategy to stay healthy, get your weight, you know, within the normal range, have more energy is what I talk about all the time. And so if snacking between meals helps you accomplish that, then why not? Right? Sure. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I actually love the word strategic. I bring that into a lot of the teachings that I do with families and with snacks. You know, if you want to talk about nutrients, we can talk about those strategic nutrients. If you are a snacker, uh, things like protein and fat and fiber, those are filling nutrients. So I always say when you're snacking, try to pick out foods that have a source of protein or fat or fiber that are going to fill up your tummy, help you feel satisfied and not hungry so that you can go for the next three to four hours without eating. Absolutely, Jill. That's why a snack of a sugar-sweetened beverage or candy or um, even chips, something like that, they don't have the protein, the fiber, maybe they have some fat in the chips, but it's not enough to make you feel full. So absolutely, I talk about it's a good idea to have something with a little bit of protein. It doesn't have to be, well, I talk about, and I, I mentioned this just in a recent episode, talking about 20 to 35 grams of protein at your meals, unless you're an athlete that needs a lot more protein. You know, most of us, I look for something that's four or five grams of protein, could be a little bit more. In other words, it doesn't have to be as much protein as a meal. Do you right. go along with some guidelines like that? Yeah, I usually say five to 10 for a growing teen athlete that might be, you know, trying to get higher uh, protein in their diet. Um, For adults, though, you know, we're not growing anymore. We're, we're just, (laughs) well, some of us are. We should be. Hopefully, we're not growing anymore. (laughs) But it's really more about feeling satisfied, like staying ahead of that hunger. Like you're, I don't want to say you're like in a war with hunger. You're not, but you are aware that hunger, you know, as an adult, if we get too hungry, the wheels come off the bus. It's not good for our eating habits. So you're really using snacking and protein or fiber or fat. You're using those elements in a snack to sort of uh, ward off hunger to, 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 to fight against sort of that ugly outcome that can happen if you let yourself get too hungry. Yeah, so I have a little bit of of protein. I like to have a couple of grams of fiber at least. Um, For those of you who love chips, I know there's so many of those bean chips available now. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if you like any of those, Jeff. Yeah, I do like those. I do like those. Yeah. So they have a little bit of protein, a little bit of fiber, more than say a potato chip or a Frito or something like that. And boy, when people say, you know, you can't eat just one, well, maybe you can't eat just one of those uh, bean chips, but you can't eat the whole bag. You just can't (laughs) with all that fiber. (laughs) That's what I always say about um, certain foods. Like right now, uh, this is not a snack. I'm kind of getting a little bit off topic, but I'm making a turkey chili in the crock pot Uh for dinner tonight. And it has, you know, lean ground turkey and it has pinto beans, uh, corn and the tomatoes and all this stuff. But like, I always eat that and I eat a bowl of it. And I think, wow, this tastes so great. I'm going to go have more. And then if I have more, it's like, I'm, I'm so full. I'm over the top because of all the protein and fiber in there. So it really, they can be really fill. It can be a nice way to um, keep your appetite and your eating in check. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I also liked in your book, it was, it's called the smart mom's guide to healthy snacking. You, you mentioned about using the snack time to fill in whatever nutrients you're lacking. So I don't want to get into a whole nutrition discussion, but um, I think that 
if you think about even in terms of food groups, for example, yeah. if you say, well, I don't tend to get enough fruits and vegetables in my day. Well, then maybe that's the time that you decide you're going to snack on some fresh fruit or maybe, you know, dip some broccoli into some hummus and get some veggies that way, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, give, me, give me some other examples of nutrients that we adults might be lacking and we don't seem to get in our meals in adequate amounts that we could make a snack around. Calcium, I think, can be a challenge if you're not a dairy product consumer. Uh, you could be I using non-dairy fortified substitutes, uh, but calcium can be a challenge, particularly for women. So, you know, sesame seeds, and, and if you make a homemade hummus with sesame seeds in it, I mean, sesame seeds are a rich source of calcium that I don't think a lot of people know. You even suggested broccoli with that. Broccoli is a source of calcium. But we could go to things like yogurt with a fortified cereal, a lot of the breakfast cereals out there are fortified with calcium, vitamin D, iron, zinc, a lot of those nutrients that not only children have a tough time meeting, but adults do too. Iron is another. Yogurt and fruit would be And granola. Option. Yep. Yogurt Cheese and fruit. And crackers. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I love hummus, hard boiled egg with some veggies. Uh, boy, eggs are really filling. I'm always looking for things like that that are quick and easy that I don't have to spend much time. I love popcorn. I'm a big popcorn fan for my yeah. snack. I'm a big peanut fan. <laughs> I love peanuts, fiber, healthy fats, protein. Yeah. And for my little sweet tooth, sometimes I toss in a few uh, semi-sweet chocolate chips. So I make a little mix and I portion it out because, you know, nuts can be quite caloric. So I do portion that out. Uh, but I love nuts as a snack, handful of nuts, peanut butter on a banana. Great fiber, fat. Yeah. There's lots of different, there are lots of different food combinations that are real food. And like you said, figuring out personally where you might be missing out on certain food groups, or uh, perhaps you have concerns about your calcium intake, or you know you're, you tend to be anemic, or you're not sure you're getting enough vitamin D in your diet. There are foods that can fill in those nutrients, and you can target those foods at snack time to really boost your diet overall. And you know, Jill, you were talking about that turkey chili. <laughs> See, I use my snacks sometimes to finish my meal. So in other words, if I did start into that second bowl of turkey chili and I said, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? I'll never be able to eat this. I just, you know, put it in the refrigerator and it becomes a snack for the yeah. next day. Why not, right? So well, and you bring up, leftovers. yeah, and you bring up a really great point. And that is we don't need to fall prey and fall into the trap that snacks have to be something out of a bag or out of a box. They really can be that real food. So I always say, you know, when you eat food and it goes down the hatch, your stomach isn't saying, oh, here comes the broccoli and here comes the peanut butter. It really is just like, here's some carbohydrate. Here comes some fiber. Here comes some protein. So use real food to uh, base your snacks in. And of course, occasionally you want chips, you want candy. Those can be occasional, sometimes fun foods. I talk about that in the book as well. But for the most part, if you really want to establish a healthy diet and you want to use snacks to help you get there, you want to focus on mostly wholesome foods that you can find in, in, in their natural state. 
I agree. I agree. And before we talk about fun foods, and I do want to talk about those fun foods because I love fun foods. Um, in your book, you talked about boundaries. And again, you were talking about kids, but you know what? Everything you said, I thought, really applies to us as adults as well. Because let's face it, sometimes an extra opportunity to eat in the day can lead to us overindulging. So mm -hmm. what can we do to enjoy that snack, to get the benefits of snack, but not have it go down the wrong path? Yeah. So... One of the things that I talk about is the kitchen is closed and I use this and I teach this to parents, but it's quite good for we adults as well. And that's just mm -hmm. saying, you know what? The kitchen's closed seven o'clock, six thirty, six o'clock. The kitchen's closed. We're not going in. It's clean. It's ready for tomorrow. I'm not going in there. Yeah. Um, Another one is... Um, and and you know, keep in mind also that you, when you said the kitchen is closed, it could be that snack time is at three. Yeah. And it's at three, you know, it's not going to be at one, at two, at three, at four, at five, right? And right. so if you have lunch at noon and you say, well, I'm going to have a snack around three, you know, maybe it's give or take a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's better to have a snack time than it is to graze all day long. Absolutely. So that's really bringing some structure into your diet. Let me take a quick break to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by my Better Body program, a six-step proven process to help you to lose weight and keep it off forever. It's a self-paced online course, which you can use alone or combine it with individual coaching. To learn more, go to drjoe.com forward slash better body. Stop dwelling about food, exercise, and that number on a scale and start to live your life to its fullest. Go to drjoe.com forward slash better body. The other uh, boundary that I like for snacks for everyone is pick your place where you're going to eat it. Uh, is it going to be at the kitchen counter? Is it going to be in front of the TV in your car? You know, think through these things. If you find yourself uh, as a person who tends to snack in the car, maybe is that what you want to be? Is that what you want to be doing? You can sort of step back and say, is this working for me? Is this a good way to manage my snacks. And if it's working for you, great. I mean, if you're working two jobs and you've got to go buzz from job one to job two, and the only time you have is to eat your snack in the car, then plan ahead, have a great snack, eat it in the car. It can work for you. But I guess my, my stance is question whether it's working for you. If you're somebody who eats in front of the TV all the time and oops, you figured out that you ate the whole bag of potato chips instead of a serving, maybe sitting in front of the TV isn't the best place to have your snack. Yeah. And so you can set some self boundaries uh, yeah. that can actually encourage better eating habits. And mindful eating. Let's talk about mindful eating because let's face it, if you're watching the TV and you're just eating chips out of a bag, and like you said, you get down to the bottom, you're like, oh, where did they all go? How did I eat them all? Well, you were obviously very mindless about eating it. How can we be more mindful about our eating? Well, I think for one, just slowing down. Uh, and number two, removing the distractions. TV is a distraction. Eating in front mm -hmm. of your computer while you work is a distraction. Really um, getting, getting on social media is a distraction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so yeah. really, again, looking at your environment and, and your tendencies, and questioning whether those tendencies are really beneficial to you. And yeah. mindful eating is really paying attention to mm -hmm. 
what a food looks like, what it smells like, what it tastes like, what the texture feels like in your mouth. Have you ever done that Hershey Kiss exercise? Oh yeah, I've, I've done it with a Hershey Kiss. I've done it with raisins. I've done it with lots of things. But yeah, just you know, taking time to use all your senses. Yeah, yeah. So for those who might not know what the Hershey Kiss exercise is, it's just literally putting a Hershey Kiss in your mouth and seeing how long you can let it melt in your mouth while you're experiencing the taste, the sensation, the smell, all of that stuff. It's a great exercise in mindfulness mm-hmm. and w- with regard to food. And it's, you know, it's eye-opening. If you're somebody who rushes through and eating is just let me get it in and get done and go, it's a it's it's radically, it's a radically different experience if you really slow it down, really like look and pay attention to the food and um I personally, I do, I do try to be mindful when I'm having snacks or meals mm. and I view it as a treat for me. It's a treat to shut the rest of the world out and just relax and enjoy the meal that I'm having. Mm. That's mindfulness. Yeah. Well, um, you know, they, they say if, if a tree falls in the forest and no one was there to hear it, did it happen or did it make a sound? Isn't that how it goes? Yeah. And, and I kind of think of that with food. Like if you're not, if you're just swallowing food while you're doing something else, your work, watching TV, whatever, if you're not paying attention to food when it's done, yes, your tummy is a little bit fuller, but you didn't experience the, all the satisfaction that goes along with it. And that's one of the reasons why we crave more food afterwards. It's because it's like it never happened. But right. It did. <laughs> right. And that's, I guess, you know, the psychological aspect of eating mm-hmm. that, you know, paying attention to what you're doing makes it register. Yes. So um, you and I have the same kind of ideas when it comes to you call it fun food. I call it treats, whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, we know that certain things like sugars and chips and I don't know what else, uh, salty types of foods, they don't necessarily uh, they're not necessarily needed by the human body, but we still enjoy them. For me, it's dove dark chocolate. I just mm-hmm. have to have some chocolate. Um, so what's the guideline that you use since you and I agree? What is it? So I call it the 90-10 rule. And uh, I put a label on it like that a long time ago when I was working in private practice with families because it was something that kids could understand. I really did it for kids. And it basically is 90% of the diet is nourishing, wholesome, nutritious foods. So some of the foods we talked about before, all the food groups, all the new, with all the nutrients in them. And then 10% are fun foods, fun foods being sweets and treats, sweets, candy, sugary beverages like soda and lemonade, uh, desserts like uh, cookies, cakes, and pies. Those are your sweets and your treats are the high fatty foods. So the French fries, the, um, the chips, the, uh, deep fat fried, uh, veggies even. Uh, mm-hmm. so those are, so those are, those are the treats and the things about fun food, sweets and treats, they provide calories, but not a lot of nutrients. So there's a lot of enjoyment that comes from eating them, but they really shouldn't uh, make up the lion's share of your diet. And if you can get it down and if you, you know, we have all these research surveys in our, in our profession, what we eat in America, we know what people are eating in terms of the percentage of calories coming from sweets or from treats. And it's up there. It's definitely over 10%. So what I, with, with adults, I think we also need to add 
alcohol. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because that's yeah. not providing us any, with any nutrients that we absolutely need. And so uh, I mean, even if you don't know how many calories that you need in a day, you can go online, look at those calculators. They're not 100% perfect. But if you think about like maybe the average American might be somewhere around 2,000 calories, mm -hmm. some of us less, some of us a little bit more, but that's 10% is 200 calories. So think about that as a number. That's why I always tell people if they don't know, 200 calories. So 200 calories worth of chocolate, 200 calories worth of alcohol, that's not very much. You know, it, even like you look at your, your um, coffee drinks, some of them are three and 400 calories in one. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Or even look at ice cream. <laughs> Who eats a half a cup of ice cream, which is usually 250 to 300 calories? Um, I'm like you, Jill. I'm not a big calorie counter, but I think sometimes it's helpful to be aware of calories. Yeah. So that if you say to yourself, well, how many calories is in this coffee drink or this glass of alcohol or this dessert that I like? And if you find that it's, you know, many more calories than say 200 or 250 calories, then how can you cut it back? Yeah. And is it worth it? So uh, awareness is a great motivator, right? It, it mm -hmm. helps us all make informed decisions. So it's the same with, you know, the 90, 10 rule. The other thing um, that I think that more of us need to do families, children, adults as well is take a day off from sweets and treats, like get used to like not having them. So many of us have, worked them into our daily lives that we can't function without them. And so I would challenge people to just like try no, no sweets and treats for a day. See what that feels like, you know, mm -hmm. because there is uh, a balancing act because the reality is we're going to have Easter and big meals and desserts that go with, with the holidays. And so mm -hmm. a day can be super duper indulgent. So how do you manage that? Well, maybe you take mm -hmm. a few days off leading up to that and a few days off leading after that. So there Ooh, are ways. Well, that's a good way to balance it. I like that. It's, it's all a balancing act, right? We've, we, you know, we've talked about who should snack, when to snack, you know, what to snack on and some kind of boundaries about snacking. Is there anything else you'd like to add to the discussion, Joe? No, I just think that, um, you know, a little bit of pre-planning is what I would add that, you know, mm. a little pre-planning uh, goes a long way because oftentimes when we snack, we're at a point in the day where we, we are truly hungry and, and we sort of equate snacking as sort of that emergency solution to when we get really hungry. And I think with snacking, we can shift our mindset on that a little bit and make it equally as important as a meal, equally as scheduled, equally as prepared for as a meal. And when you do that, I think that then you're sort of like, you'll find you're not overeating because you won't be hungry for that stuff. You'll be ahead of all that hunger. Love it. Love it. Okay. Jill, um, if someone wants to know more about you and what you do in your book, why don't you tell us a little bit more? So um, I have a website called jillcastle.com and another website called thenourishchild.com. I'm also a podcaster and pretty much everything I do for parents and families falls under The Nourished Child. So you can find me on YouTube, you can find me um, on my podcast blog, all of that stuff. And uh, yeah, my, my thing is really just helping parents uh, feed their children more knowledgeably and more easily 
And that's sort of what I create everything around. I have the Smart Mom's Guide to Healthy Snacking, and I have a host of other books that I've written for parents all about child nutrition, feeding kids, and navigating childhood in a reasonable, practical way. So you can just Google my name. You'll be able to find all that stuff. All right. Thanks so much, Jill, for coming on the show. You're welcome. All right. Bye.